Welcome to Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast, a series of interviews and monologues featuring the leaders of the at-home child care industry created to elevate agencies, caregivers, and the families they serve. Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast is here to provide you with the child care industry best practices to be clear, concise, and immediately applicable. Here's the host, Danny J. Nanny, author, speaker, and creator of the Next Step System for Agencies. Hi, and welcome to the Nanny ABC's Next Step Podcast. I am your host, Danny J. Nanny. As always, more about this episode can be found at www.nannyabc's.com slash blog, and the link is in the show notes below. For more information about this episode, you can go to www.nannyabc's.com slash blog, and the link is in the show notes below. Admittedly, I am a fan of Stefan Spencer, SEO expert author of The Art of SEO, and entrepreneur. He bootstrapped his way all the way up to being the guy for SEO, which is search engine optimization. So if you have a website, you need that. Uh, you probably don't have to go to him. Well, depending. It depends who you are. Like, So he worked with Target. He worked with Zappos. He, lots of people go and seek him out. And you would think that companies do as much as they can in-house. But really, they often just go to experts that can put their full weight behind a company. So I listen to Stefan Spencer to help me stay focused on my goals and so I can learn as much as I can. And there's so much out there to learn that they just don't teach you in school. And so for when it comes to business stuff, Stefan Spencer is one of those people that I listen to, uh, among many others. Uh, another great one is uh, Michael Zapersky from the Consulting Success Podcast. He's wonderful. You can listen to both of them. They both have podcasts. So it really comes down to like, what are your goals? How long have you been putting that one thing off? You know, if you're like me at all, you have a thousand and one ways to succeed, but it's hard to keep the cart behind the horse when you have so many ideas and so many things that just coming at you all the time. So if you're listening to this and you probably are uh, driven just like me. So, so I'm sharing this all because I, like I said, am a fan of Stefan Spencer and he has a newsletter called The Thursday Three. And this is where he shares his insights that he's collected throughout the week and I too collect information throughout the week and I've been gearing up to share a lot of this with you but I just really don't ever feel like I have the time to do it. So today I actually thought I'd just do a podcast about it instead of writing a blog or something like that. So like I said, I'm already collecting all of the information. So I might as well just comb through it all. There's so much out there, like way too much information almost, and and just share the best parts with you. I was speaking to my friend that uh, owns her own company, and we were just talking about how much there is and so how how easy it is to get lost in the debris of knowledge. You know, you can get confused. You can learn easily. You can learn the wrong way to do something by someone sharing a hack that you're like, oh yeah, I should totally do that. And it just doesn't work. Or it does work, but not not the way that uh, a contractor would do it if you're doing home improvement stuff. I was just thinking of that one because... You know, I fix stuff around my own home, and uh, sometimes I go, I'm not going to tackle that. I'll just get someone that actually knows, someone that does this all the time, that really 100% knows what they're doing. Other times, like, it's like, no, I can totally just spackle that back up. It's all good. You know what spackle is, right? Anyways, today I'm going to share with you an article. Uh, I was going to share more than one because, like I said, he does the Thursday three. I was going to do something similar, but as I started doing it, the this one article really just stood out to me. It had five parts to it. And as I got done, I was like, I'm, you know, there's just so much information right here that I didn't want to confuse you. Not like you'd get confused. You could listen back to it, but I really want you to sink. I want all of this to sink in. 
So we'll dive in. Mary Grace Garris is the author of I'm a Psychologist, and here's how to protect yourself against the five biggest regrets people have at the end of their lives. It's a long title, and that is the title. This is close to the top of my mind all the time, more than I would like it to be. Completely honestly, I'm the type of person who knows bad things don't just happen to strangers on TV or in newspapers. Uh, maybe that's because, maybe that's not because, but maybe it is. Uh, but I really don't take life as a whole for granted. I think way too much and I try to fit in way too much into a day, all every day. Uh, you know, here, Benjamin Franklin said, never leave that till tomorrow, which can be done today. Something like that. Very close. I'm, it's really close to what he said. And I wouldn't say I live by that, but I would say I, Ben and I agree. As long as we're talking about quotes, uh, I actually do live by this one. Uh, Winston Churchill said, it's better to be both right and consistent. But if you have to choose one, it's better to be right. I always thought that was a Calvin Coolidge quote, but it's really not. It's a Winston Churchill thing. Just learned that recently. And But, you know, let that roll around in your head. Consistency is the echo of regret. It's hard to change how you stand or feel about something, but often people get into arguments about things just to be in an argument, and I'm not sure why, but I believe it's important to be open to new ideas, to create new ideas, and that you can get way more by listening. You'll come up to the next thing, the next brilliant idea from listening to someone going, oh, if I just put these two things together, that's how I really get what I want. And being a part of the process gives you so much more control than just disagreeing, disengaging, or pretending that the solution is to avoid progression. (sighs) I know a tween child that wants to wear a bikini. Uh, Yeah. And so... (laughs) So I shared this with her parents and, you know, they obviously, they don't love that idea. Uh, I'm not even sure how I feel, but I don't love it either, I guess. Uh, But I told them it's way better if you're just a part of this conversation than to say no, because it's going to happen and you're going to get actually way more of what you want, like I just mentioned, if you're a part of this process. So, and also, you know, bikinis are a lot more... uh, uh, conservative than ones, you know, one pieces these days. You know what I'm talking about. I think you do. Maybe you don't. But I think you do. I really think you do. You know, you actually know. You know it. I'm convinced you know what I'm talking about. So, like, you know, much to her dad's dismay, he was like, you know what? I will get in part of this process and I'll get her to wear something that I'm comfortable with, which is not possible if you just disengage. And so, like, that's going to go with her as she chooses other things that she wants to wear in life, you know? All of that stuff. So just being a part of it is so much more important than turning your back to it. So back to regret, which uh, I believe we've been skimming the topic of for a bit now. Uh, Bronnie Ware shared the top five biggest regrets people have from the book, Top Five Regrets of Dying Are. And here they are. One, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. Two, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Four, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. Five, I wish I had let myself be happier. I'll be completely honest. I was floored by how many of these I'm working on when I read this. I'm constantly working on uh, working hard to be me. 
I also have regrets, mostly from wishing I behaved differently in situations where I couldn't control my emotions by putting myself in losing positions to begin with, by believing I could get people to make me happy, but it, it just doesn't work that way. You make yourself happy, and you can maintain that. Uh, Garris, okay, so Garris, who Mary Garris, who wrote this article, uh, says, to live true to yourself is to let go of believing there are ways you need to act. I share with people that I choose to be myself every time I wake up. You really do get to decide who you are. You can't easily uh, do this, and there are 100% repercussions, but you can leave the life you have and start new every day. It's just a decision you make that you are where you are and people do this they do this when they realize they're in a bad relationship and they have to leave they do this when they realize that their work is toxic and they need a different uh they need to work somewhere else just ask yourself who do i want to be and then start looking around and think of what is holding you back you know there are solutions to get closer to who you want to be for nearly every situation uh two i wish i hadn't worked so hard Gare suggests at worst to consider switching careers and at the least create some boundaries. And I had to learn this. I'm a go, go, goer. And I decided that I'll take Sundays off. And I hardly look at my phone on Sundays. Sometimes I do work on it, but not if it's getting in the way of me relaxing or re-energizing. I throw myself into the work week and it's draining, but I know I can't do my best if I'm not at my best, which I need to give myself to be at my best. I do this by recharging. I sleep when I need sleep. Uh, I stop working when I realize what I'm putting out is crap. Uh, I think I know that I need to think before I respond or I need to slow down and think through as much as I can before I do something. So, you know, this is a throwaway, but that I rebought, uh, my girlfriend and I, we bought a chair. And I felt we felt rushed to do it. It was like a, a Facebook listing thing, marketplace, right? And so it was a chair that she had liked. So we just like bought it. And I didn't even consider until I got home that I should sit in the chair and see if it's comfy. And it wasn't comfy. And I was kind of disappointed. But, you know, so like th- those were low stakes. But I realized like there are reasons that I take a long time to make a decision you know, not for everything, and I don't think you should take a long time for every decision, but there are reasons why you go at the pace you do, and you should give yourself the freedom to go at that pace. Before I make a big decision, sorry, before I make a big decision, I really think through as much of it as I can, so I don't feel rushed, and I try to sit with my answer before I relay that to somebody else if there's something that I need to share. So like if I get like a work opportunity, you know, I don't just leap at it. I think through it. Even after I've decided I'm going to do it, I, I still wait a little bit longer before I say, yes, 100%, I'm going to do this. I also have to say, most people love the chair. Actually, everybody loves the chair. I just don't think it's comfy. I still enjoy it. People, people really do enjoy that chair. I just don't think it's comfy. But Garris says to focus on being happy where you are and going forward and not to think about where you feel like you wasted time in the past. Three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. (sighs) You can nearly always connect with the missed opportunities, says Garris. This makes me think of when uh, saying I love you to my father when I'm on the phone with him or when I'm getting off, rather. I think about it every time we get off the phone, but I hardly ever say it. I do say it, but not every time. 
it's hard for me and I'm not sure 100% why I feel, you know, I'm a very, uh, emotionally expressive person and I guess I just don't say it enough to him to feel like 100%, like in my mind that I won't be rejected. Like we both know we love each other. In fact, my father has given me my strongest sense of support in my lowest moments. He and I are extremely similar. Uh, but I see it in movies that guys have to tell their fathers that they love them and vice versa. And it's really like, it is to me like something of the past that I hold over myself that we just really don't say it, even though we both know it. So first of all, like, I'm taking off the pressure of feeling like I have to say it. That's just for the movies. I don't feel like I have to say it. I'm saying that right now. But I also enjoy saying it. I like knowing that he knows that. And if I say it, he says it back. You know, and if, if he says it, I also say it back. You know, it just, it isn't a shock that we both love each other. So it doesn't have to weigh on me so much. So I'm going to say it when I say it. And when I don't say it, I'm not going to feel bad about it. We both know it. Is that really what you talked about? That I had the courage to express my feelings? Yeah, because I'm expressing them. But I don't, I don't need to feel the pressure of not expressing them. That, that's a whole, did we just go back to number one? It does seem that way. But connect with the opportunities that you feel like you've missed out on with those emotions. So for me, I guess, if we're going back and really thinking through it, it's me saying I love you to my father when I feel like I want to say that. So there shouldn't be anything to hold me back. I guess it's also me not wishing I had said it more. I do say it. I say it enough. He knows it. Let's move on. Four. I wish I had stayed in touch with my family and friends. So do I. Every time I feel this way, I pick up the phone and I call or text. I used to not for no reason. I used to just be like, oh, I miss that person. But now I really do. I just pick up the phone and text. And I suppose if it's someone I was really missing, I would try to look them up, talk to them. You know, uh, Gareth says that there's basically every relationship can be salvaged. And I definitely have relationships that have gone south and I just don't talk to those people anymore. Uh, but I don't feel the need to connect with them yet. I probably will at some day, and I'm going to tell myself I'm just going to do it. Like, just pick up the phone when I want to do that. And even though Garrus doesn't put this there, I'll put this there, that I also think of this as enjoying where you came from or knowing more about your family. Like, I love learning about my family and my family's past. My grandparents uh, started the first interracial nightclub in Chicago. And they became friends with Duke Ellington. And I have a Christmas card hanging up in my living room that's from Duke Ellington to my grandparents. And I'm just proud of things like that. But everyone has that right to be proud of where they came from and learning who they are. They should definitely have that opportunity. You should have that opportunity. Go back further. Be happy and impressed and proud of where you came from to where you are right now. Uh, these people have given you a roadmap. It's not just you're making this up all the time of how to get to where you want to be or why you are where you are. Everyone should be, I think everyone should be as proud of their own families as they are impressed with or fawn over the Kardashians or the monarchy or any famous family you think of. Your family is plenty impressive. Uh, it's just not splattered all over the newspapers for you to know that all the time. But you can share it. I just shared it right now. That's one of my favorite things about my family is the interracial, the first interracial nightclub in Chicago was created by my grandparents. One of my grandparents ran for Congress. 
there's a statue of, I mean, that just seems to bragging, but I don't, it's not a brag. You see, like your family has these cool things too. I'll say it though, that uh, there's a statue of a great ancestor of mine in Chicago, right? Isn't that cool? It is cool. It's cool to me. I'm, I'm so sure your family has things like that too. Five, I wish I let myself be happier. Well, isn't that the million dollar regret? Gare shares that there are a lot of factors on happiness, and there absolutely are. What makes you happy? Start from there. She doesn't say this. I'm saying this. What makes you happy? Start from there. Sometimes uh, watching a little bit of TV makes me happy. Not all the time. Sometimes. And when I do need that, I go and I watch some TV. Do you have to realize you can't be happy all the time? I know that is cliche and trite to say, but that is true. So happiness is often referred to being on the hedonic treadmill, which I say all the time. I say it way too much that I love being on the hedonic treadmill. So this happens because the kids that I watch, when they eat candy, they're like, Danny, you should have some of this candy too, or ice cream or stuff like this. And I usually say no. And they're like, don't you like this stuff? And I'm like, I absolutely do love this stuff. I just don't want to eat it right now. I want it to be more special for me. And so like, while I love candy, I don't always eat it. Not even when I have the opportunity all the time, I don't always eat it. I save it. So then like the candy that I love stays the candy that I love. It'd be like going to Disney, like living in Disney World. Like it's not the happiest place on earth if you go there all the time. It's a sometimes place. That's just what makes it the happiest place on earth. I guess backing up a little bit, the hedonic treadmill, hedonic means like is relating to pleasure and happiness. And a treadmill, you know that already, is walking in place. So if you're always walking along, you're searching for more and more things to make you happy. And these things become regular to you. So you have to keep walking further in this metaphor. But if you're on the treadmill, it's only a step away. So I'm always like walking on that treadmill, surrounding myself by the things that make me happy, but not always reaching out for them. Do you see what I mean? I suppose this is so tough because if there are things that make you happy and you're able to do them all the time, why not? And I can't say why, but I will say not always eating the candy that I love makes me love it every time, right? So here we are. Here are your action steps based on this week's episode. One, read this article. You don't have to. You can. It's in the show notes below, so don't be afraid to read it, skim it, whatever. But it's there, so consider reading it. Two, consider what makes you happy. This week, list the things that make you happy. Keep an ongoing list. Let this become top of your mind and keep it going. You're going to keep this top of mind and so you're going to realize that there's so many things that make you happy. One of the things that makes me happy is when people don't confuse hard disk and floppy disk. In, in reverse, it's also a pet peeve of mine. A floppy disk, is, it's floppy. It's not the hard one. The other one is the hard disk. They're not the same thing. But people, anyways, it makes me happy when people get it right. That's what's important there. Cake makes me happy petting my dog makes me happy all there's so many things that make me happy but some of them are really small you know so like let your mind relax and think about it uh don't no pressure there but just consider the things that make you happy next where do you want to go where are you living the life that you want to live we talk about this every once in a while it's a big reoccurring topic for me But that's because I'm always striving to be something more. There's always something I'm trying to attain. It's generally within myself. It's usually happiness. And realizing how I need to get there is by thinking about it 
I think about like, what is it that I want to do? And what are the things that I, that's why we do action steps. Cause I think, what are the things that take me there? Like, I don't want it to just be a theory. I want it to be like actually actionable. I want it to be things that you can do there. It's all things you can do. You need to put them in the right order. You need to think about it, but what gets you to where you want to be? This morning, I decided I wanted to do this as my podcast. It's a Sunday. This is my day off, but this is what I wanted to do because it's going to make me happy. It's making me happy right now. So consider where you want to be. What are your goals? That's, that's really it. There's nothing more to be said on this. I mean, there's plenty more to be said on this, but that's really what you need. That's what you need. Thank you so much for listening. That's it for this week's episode of the Nanny ABC's Next Step podcast. Remember, you can go get this as a transcript or get more links and stuff by going to the show notes, which is right, probably right in front of you, or go by going to www.nannyabcs.com slash blog, where I'll share this one as protecting yourself against regret. That's it for now. Until next time, I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. If you would like to work directly with Nanny ABCs or add Next Step to your agency, go to nannyabcs.com to find out more and connect.